0: all right and i'm joined today with earl mcdonald uh who i'm learning is much more of a heavy hitting composer and music director and pianist and and everything uh than i originally thought uh you know hearing about you were working with manured ferguson at a point in time uh writing for for kenny Barron. now we're taking on uh this release that we have coming out this month uh september 24th on outside music um how does it feel you know consecrated's finally coming out i know that you've working on it for a little bit of time is probably an understatement you know are are you are you excited for like two and a half weeks it's it's finally here (laughs)
1: yeah it's bizarre right um so much time goes into these these projects you know uh from you know from uh planning it to meeting the musicians organizing the sessions you know and then of course COVID hits and and you've uh you've got to be working around that that whole process took forever just to get um uh all my initial plans were changed as far as how to get this thing mixed you know so uh um yeah man I'm I'm really Excited to that this I'll finally be able to share this album with other people.
0: How does it feel then? Because you know I kind of alluded to it. I know, like obviously, you play and everything, and you're an educator. But I don't want to say one of your niches, but like something that you have a lot more experience with is writing and is arranging and orchestrating in that sense. Um, how does this album kind of reflect upon everything you've done from working with a big band, from working with uh, Kenny Barron's small group? from you know everything here and in between because i'm sure that you know your writing's gotten better your orchestration's gotten better and now with this we're talking about uh, uh a breath of fresh air if you will upon like a lot of classic hymns and everything so how was that a struggle for you or, or how did that come to fruition
1: no i think this is an accurate reflection of of what i do you know, there's. Uh, there's the one piece that's kind of big band-ish, you know, if that's a word. Sure. Uh, it's a like a, a ten-piece band, or actually eleven, I guess. And um, uh, all of these pieces are arranged in my own special way, so I got to use that uh, portion of of what I do. Um, and of course, piano has always been a, a major focus of of who I am and and what I'm all about. So kind of all came together um it's not it's not that much of a departure but it is interesting you know I, I do switch gears you know i've got big band projects i've got albums with weird instrumentations i've got uh you know all, all these different things and and um uh that's one of the things that i need i guess to to stay interested in, and to stay creative is to switch switch it up now and then
0: now when you talk about um switching gears how did that how did that come into play with specifically talking about like the gospel music and church music in sense because i think that that's something where a lot of musicians whether they come from especially in jazz like whether they come from a christian background or anything i think that influence of gospel is always there to some extent um so so how was that something for you like did you feel that there's a part of it where it's like well i need to make sure that i stay true to maybe how this was traditionally done or you know what, let me just take this and like treat it as only a lead sheet and then let's move on with it and do a whole new take on it.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess I need to kind of explain uh, a little bit about my background in order for this to make sense. Sure. Um, You know, so I grew up uh, attending a Baptist church in Canada. Okay. And, um, you know, from a very young age, I was in the rotation of pianists and organists. So, like, by you know, when I was eight years old, I was playing, you know, regularly in church, uh, playing these hymns. So I, I grew up playing them. Uh, oddly, my dad is a bagpiper, <laughs> and uh, but he has this weird obsession with hymns, and he's been he has a series of bagpipe books called "The Church Piper," where he has transposed hymns to bagpipes. Right? Yeah. Um, so I grew up hearing these songs and accompanying him and uh on the on a big organ you know and um so it's a part of who i am uh and i when i was in high school that's when i started playing jazz and switched to the piano and i was often asked to play um to still play in church to play like special music numbers you know as they're passing passing the offering
0: plate let's say yeah
1: and at that point i started writing these little jazz arrangements so um uh, I would take old hymns and kind of jazz them up a little bit, you know, changing the harmonies, changing the rhythms, all of all of that. So I've been at this for a long time, you know, and it's really a part of who I am and and what I do, you know. Um, so I guess the question was, would I ever record it? and i I didn't really think I would. you know, yeah. I've got like hundreds of these little arrangements. Uh, but it kind of things lined up very nicely as far as you know meeting the musicians. And um, just knowing that I had, I had the right group of people to do it and it seemed like the right time to proceed. Did I answer your question? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So why now though? You know, like why specifically? Because I guess I think of it as, um, you know, when, when I think of making a project, there's like two aspects. It's like, well, are, are, is the band who I want to be playing with at that time? And is the music the music I want to be doing at that time? And yeah. for you, you know, Obviously, uh, and, and you speak a lot about this, like in your press releases, like how important the individuals of the band were, you know, and, and it makes it seem like that that was a very key factor. You know, some people totally. write music, hire who they need to to do the job. The the and, uh, the personnel mattered a lot. But then also this music, like, was there a specific time where you're like, this is the right time? Was there was there a specific thing where you're like, this is this is it like this is my time to do this?
1: yeah. So I had no intention of recording this album. Yeah. And uh, then I went to I did a master class in Canada. I was up there adjudicating, and often when I adjudicate high school bands at competitions, I get asked to give presentations at universities. Yeah, yeah. So at this university, it was the University of Manitoba, uh, I was asked to talk about my current projects, and I told them about a commission I had done, uh, a big band piece called "By Our Love." Uh, which was written for uh, the University of Massachusetts uh, Jazz Ensemble. And uh, it had a kind of a religious theme. It's um, a little bit of condemnation, I guess, towards the Christian community in some ways, right? Um, So it was based, again, it was based on a hymn. And it was based on the song, uh, They Will Know We Are Christians By Our Love. And it kind of made a political statement like, man, are Christians right now really known by their love? Like Donald Trump didn't seem like he's like, He's not the perfect representation of love as it's described in the Bible to me. Sure. (laughs) So, um, so that's what this was, this was all about because 80% of, of evangelical Christians voted for him. So I thought I would turn that tune on its head, you know, and write this elaborate big band arrangement, and, you know, get people talking about it. So. That's what I presented at the master class, and the conversations that came up were really interesting from the students. It was a really informed group, but what was more interesting was so after I went out with the faculty for dinner, and that's where I met Carl and Carly. So Carly is mm-hmm. uh, the vocal teacher there, and Carl is the bass instructor. So we got to talking, and uh, it became apparent to me that uh, like they were very interested in this in this project. And I could sense that they had a religious background, you know, and I learned that Carly was a a Mennonite. In fact, her father was a, uh, or her grandfather was a Mennonite minister. Oh, wow. Um, So she's like fully entrenched in this whole thing. Right. (laughs) So she also, so I, you know uh, I was curious and I had never heard Carly sing. I heard, I played with Carl that afternoon and, and thought he was awesome. I thought he was a fantastic bassist, but Then I went back to the hotel room and I Googled Carly, you know, to see who is this person that I had dinner with? And I heard her singing and I went, wow, this is like, this is unbelievable. And I thought, you know, seeing how she's got this church connection, I may have just found my singer for that project that I had in the back of my mind. Like it's always been kind of in the back burner, right? I, I would say I was interested in recording some of these pieces, but I never thought that I had the right singer. Right, you know how it is, right? If you work with a singer that's not quite a jazz singer, and you've got to talk about phrasing, and you got to talk about note choices,
0: yeah, that's yeah. a total
1: drag, right? And I don't want to. I didn't want to get into that. I wanted to have someone that was a, a true peer, you know, that like, if I said, "Man, play the sharp eleven on that chord," they're gonna they're gonna sing it, and they know what you know. They know what I'm talking about. So, and that's that's who Carly is. You know, she's like she's right up there with, um, you know, the greatest minds of jazz harmony. <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> so it, when I met her I, I you know it just it, it opened up that door of possibility
0: yeah so with that you know in mind because I obviously I've done a lot of reading on your project you know been yeah. informed on it all there was a really interesting thing that I that you brought up because you uh you have like a lot of of extra material you know why hymns like the press release discussing on yeah, yeah. the music and something that kind of stuck out to me um was when you were talking about the similarities with one of the tracks i, I believe it was be still and with the the taze community or taze oh, yeah, community,
1: yeah yeah, yeah taze, I, I believe
0: that that really interested me because man it it drew almost a parallel to something that uh like herbie was hitting on when they start talking about like buddhism and the way of doing it and you know, I guess the, the question with that is, as you've gone through with this, have you felt that uh, that it's allowed you to be more mindful, you know, in the sense of like the way that we approach mindfulness uh, as an individual, but also like in the music? Because the jazz to some extent, it, you know, is a, I think, a, a, an extension upon the practice of mindfulness, you know, as we're improv- improvising and,
1: and writing and everything there. Yeah, I would say yes, um, yeah. as a, as a short answer. Um,
0: yeah, it's a really, really easy question in case you couldn't tell. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I guess as, as an instrumentalist, I've always been hyper-focused on um, melody and harmony. Yeah. And, and sometimes I, uh, to the detriment of, of focusing on lyrics when there are lyrics. So I'm aware of them. You know, I grew up singing these songs. Um, I didn't focus on those lyrics. I didn't study them like poetry. And I did do that. This time around, you know, scrutinizing them, deciding if they're actually pieces that I wanted to to do, you know. So I was um, uh, very mindful of that. Uh, I know you're getting at a different, uh, something different, you know, in terms of mindfulness. But um, I think that those lyrics did inform what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, also. Uh, there's something on a spiritual level too. It's, it's interesting when I bring these two worlds together, because for so many years, these two worlds were, I tried to keep them apart. Right. Right. There was Earl who went to church and there was Earl who played in jazz nightclubs. Right. And I almost had to kind of keep uh, the two separate and, and secretive in in some ways. Right. Um, So bringing them together is, was kind of magical in some, in some ways, you know, uh, And I remember just, you know, it sounds corny, right? But there really was a sense of joy as I was playing some of these songs and listening to people sing along. Meanwhile, I'm playing like these super hip, weird harmonies, you know, and all the things that I love. But my worlds are colliding, and it felt like it was like a moment of, ah, like giant relief, you know? So maybe that answers your question. Maybe it doesn't. But- what. um,
0: but no, I mean, I have a question building off of that, like as an educator, right? Obviously, yeah. you're you're dealing with musicians either in your studio, at your school or whatnot, on a regular basis. Um, I, I I personally think to a degree that regardless if someone is religious or practicing or anything, and when you do decide to study jazz and take it on, like there is a sense of spirituality with it. You know, like yeah. we're always talking about the music and everything. And in its history, it's very much tied to that. Howard, do you advise students to uh, embrace that almost in their playing, if you will, without having a strong background in that? You know, you talk about keeping the two away, you know, but to some extent, the music always has it it coming back, whether it's direct or whether it's indirectly uh, influenced. There, you know.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. So I'm teaching a class this semester, actually, to non, mostly non-music majors. It's a freshman honors course. And the class is called Jazz Music and Social Change. Hmm. And uh, so, you know, I got to choose the title and, and the topic on, on which I'd be presenting. Actually, they're doing most of the presenting. They're going to be digging around. I've, I have a list of uh, albums that I want them to investigate. Yeah, yeah and then discuss you know what the social issues were what the causes were what was happening during that time period that would have inspired that piece right um and then they'll present on it and then the big final project will be they get to act in the role of record producer and they get to imagine an album where maybe they choose a social cause that that they're very uh um, adamant about and so they would choose the album title, the song titles, write the liner notes. They're doing everything except the music, right? right? But it would be informed by their study of what jazz musicians have done in the past. So, but these are some of the things that I do talk about with my, with my own students, getting them thinking, you know, um, take a tune like Alabama, for instance that John Coltrane tune, yeah, um, yeah. you know, inspired by the, uh, uh, the bombings in Birmingham, Alabama, right. The church bombing. Right. Um, Man, is that, that is deep and spiritual and emotional on just a whole other level. When you listen to that, you know, it's um, uh, it just takes you to another place. Um, And I think that's something that, that all jazz musicians are aspiring to do, whether it's religious or not, you know,
0: right right it, it's tough because i think so many um musicians just you know they get exposed to the music and that's awesome but then we have those pieces like that or like uh a love supreme which is obviously very celebrated and it's about train and, and finding religion again you know or the sacred concerts with ellington and all of these moments and it's one of those things where it's like how do you um how do you give a genuine representation of that or include it without being a part of it too, you know, and, and, and right. that battle that, that I think a lot of musicians, uh, handle, you know, cause, and then I guess building upon that, how do you feel about people that like maybe, um, gospel music, but don't prescribe to the gospel. And where does that separation come for you as far as like the music and just what it brings, to the table musically or as far as the music and the way that it acts as a, uh, a vehicle and its purpose there, you know?
1: Yeah. That's an interesting question too. Um, for I can speak about my own project that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. really w- when I was, when I was choosing musicians, I was hoping to find people that had some kind of connection to, um, uh, to the church aspect of it right sure whether it was um, experiencing it and having that nostalgia or whether it meant something to them personally you know um and that was important to me especially in in the vocalist role you know because i didn't want it to just be um uh you know just notes Yeah. yeah 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 um which also goes back to the other, some things that you were saying earlier, right? There's a difference, I guess, between in my mind, between being a musician and being an artist.
0: Yeah. 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 So I,
1: I think that, you know, and this, hopefully this doesn't sound egotistical or like I'm tooting my own horn, but I think I'm finally getting to the, the part where I'm becoming an artist, you know, I'm coming into my own for years. I just focused on notes, notes and rhythms, right? Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how do you play these chord voicings? You know, can I get some hipper lines, right? Can I outline this, you know, all of that stuff. It's, it's the, um, the craft of jazz, right? Now I don't think about that stuff as much. It's there, right? It's kind of like learning how to ride a bike. You don't forget it. Right. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm more thinking about, you know, social issues. I'm thinking about, um, my faith in this instance I'm thinking um, about making statements how can I use my music to influence or to express um, so I think I, I, I think by in some ways kind of tying back to the musicians I was able to do that on a higher take the music to a much higher level than I could have if they had no spiritual connection to it
0: yeah yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. I think, and I've had that conversation several times with people, the the discussion of like musician versus artistry, you know, because I think, and it's not knocking anybody, but like to me being the musician is just being the craftsman or whatnot, like learning the skills to do it. And anybody can do that as far as I'm concerned, but as like being the artist, I think is where like you have to actually contribute something creatively or contribute something and like getting across. Something a little bit more emotional. <laughs> I that's don't know. It. You know, one of it's just uh, a little cookie cutter for me. But there's nothing wrong with you. Got to do that to be able to
1: get to the level of artistry you need, in my opinion. Right. Um, I won't mention names because that's that's not cool. But I, I, <laughs> I mentioned at one point I went. To, I saw two trumpet players play, and I know you're a trumpet player, so you'll find yeah. this interesting. I can tell you the names after.
0: All right. <laughs> but I saw these
1: these two individuals and um, in two separate concerts, but in in a, a time proximity that was close to one another. And one player, his technique was just stellar, totally clean and very impressive, super virtuosic. You couldn't help but be impressed. Yeah. The other person, it might not have been as clean, but there was that something, that something that you're describing um i don't know if it was an aspect of melancholy that came through or uh personal torment i'm not sure what it was and I'm,
0: but that's something is hard to get it's it's that something you can't put your finger on
1: that's it yeah you know and and that's in my opinion what made that person a true artist um, yeah not that all true artists have to be tortured individuals that are you know <laughs> plagued with all kinds of personal problems and that, and this person isn't but um I think it certainly can, can help
0: sometimes, it, you know, it's, <laughs> it's tough though. It's, it's tough because I think, uh, and this is something that I think faith also ties into is like to be an artist. I think you really have to be uh, emotionally mature and vulnerable because right. it, it requires you to, to try and uh, portray something to other people, you know, and how else can you do that without in the arts, like having to exaggerate it the same way, In theater, you know, if you look at their makeup up close, it's probably not looking the same as it does, you know, 30 yards back in the back of a hall. Sure. It's tough. Well, what is is coming up with you besides the release? So we got the release two weeks from this Friday. So it's September 8th now. It's coming out September 24th. What's going on with you? I know we're in the full fledge of teaching, but shows coming up, future projects, anything like that.
1: Sorry. you got dingings going oh, on here. It's all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I lined up a couple of performances uh, to promote this project. So I've, you know, um, I'm doing an outdoor concert in Willimantic Connecticut uh, on the 25th. And then I believe it's August or sorry, October the 9th where we're going to do the uh, actual CD release concert in a church in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Killing. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward to those two. Um, other than that, I am soon going to be going back into the whole big band mode. Yeah. And there, there are a few things that have come up. Um, unfortunately, uh, the great pianist Don Trenner passed away. He, is, uh, uh, he played with Charlie Parker, among many other people, but, and he was uh, the musical director for the Steve Allen show. Oh, wow. But uh, Don Trenner was the musical director for the Hartford Jazz Orchestra okay. for many years. So with his passing and he was 92 um, with his passing, there's now a big band uh, in need of a, uh, a pianist leader and happen right. to be a leader and pianist that doesn't have a big band. So um, I guess the biggest problem is that with, with COVID going on, they're not able to get weight staff in the club on Monday nights. Mm. So we're kind of waiting for all of that to resolve. Um, and in the meanwhile, another big band. Uh, I won't, I won't name them at this point, but they, they approached me and they're, they're a larger organization. They're a nonprofit and they have a big project that's coming up. And again, they said they, they knew that I had an interest in some social justice issues. Um, and so they want to, uh, have me write an, an entire album's worth of material based on, uh, some topics, some, some very topically relevant material. That's killing. So that's, so yeah so that's cool so man i'm gonna be like in my studio with uh and i like to write with pencil pencil and paper so oh, i'm gonna be gosh. going hard yeah
0: yeah man i i hear there's there is definitely something about writing it at least at first pencil and paper before it goes through the finale it's just it's just easier you know it feels more more connected if you will
1: i totally agree
0: well man i uh I appreciate you so much coming on and talk. I know I'm personally, like I've heard the record, so it's a little bit cheating, but I'm excited for it to come out on the 24th. There's a lot of uh, really good things. And I think uh, anybody put aside, will be able to pick up on it. You know, it's it's uh, a very, um, transversal is not the right word, but I don't know why it keeps coming to mind. It just, it, it, I think it connects a lot with a lot of people of various backgrounds and it's, it's a good conversation to be had, I think.
1: That's my hope, you know. I don't want it to be exclusive. I don't want to be limiting my audience, you know. Yeah, um, and and of course that's a fear, right? You, you make it a little bit too narrow, that you know, to take the jazz musicians and then take the Christians out out, out of there, right? And then you're <laughs> dealing to, with an audience of four, but um, yeah, I, I really think it's it could appeal to a, to a lot of different demographics, the jazz lovers, yeah, people that uh, are connected with some kind of church background or were. Um, uh, you know, that, that's kind of my case at the moment. <laughs>
0: yeah. But, I, uh, yeah, I would recommend it. I think that people open to that, uh, would, you know, and, you know, to everyone listening, you're, you're more than welcome to go check out his stuff. It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on, um, Amazon Deezer, Apple music. Uh, I don't know. Napster. If people are still using Napster, uh, also Earl and, uh, Earl Macdon, at Instagram. Um, But man, thank you so much again for coming on and uh, looking forward to the project.